Longhorn Nation, Sooner fans, welcome to episode 27 of the Boomer Bebo podcast. The only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. Kevin, maybe from your perspective, but definitely not from Oklahoma's, it did not seem like the greatest rivalry in college football. In fact, it seemed like the greatest lopsided butt-kicking Oklahoma has had in a tremendously long time. I was there. I was live. But I can't even go first. To the victor go the spoils. How does Longhorn fan feel today? And what does this mean for the program going forward? Kevin Miller. Well, let me tell you, Texas fan is fired up right now. Listen, I picked Texas to win the game. I thought this was a game that they could win by a big score. But given what we've seen before is why I went with a 34 to 23 more conservative uh, prediction. But again, never in a million years did I think the score would be 49-0. I thought it could be maybe 49-24, 49-30, something like that. But 49-0, it, it blows my mind. I felt like I was dreaming, seriously. Kevin, it's the uh, Oklahoma's, it's Texas's first shutout of Oklahoma since 1965. And with the exception of two drives, it was never even close that Oklahoma was going to score. I would love to give your defense all the credit in the world, and I think you deserve a lot of the credit. But by God, our defense, our offense was terrible. I mean, what was Texas fan thinking watching our offense? Well, in the the first drive, you know, both teams go. Did you guys go three and out in the first drive? You might have. We got actually one picked. Down, we got right? Eric Gray ran for Eric Gray ran for twelve yards. We got a first down and then and then three and then three three plays and punt. Okay. You know, I thought it was a decent drive there. You got got the first down, but and then the second drive by OU, you switched to the Wildcat, caught Texas off guard, caught me off guard. I mean, I figured you would have some sort of wrinkle. But and I thought it was really effective on that second drive. But once you got down into the red zone and got stopped on fourth down, man, I think that was a Really demoralizing for OU there. Kevin, it was in, it was inexplicable. Um, we're sitting in the stands. There is a fan, a fan in you know how you're at the OU Texas game, really any OU game or Texas game, I'm sure, and you're talking to the fans around you, and oh, you know, and this and this guy's like, Well, I don't I don't get ex- I don't let the actions of 19 and 20 year olds determine the rest of my day or week or year or whatever. And I'm like, Okay, it's very mature, very mature of you, I guess. But I, on the other hand, tend to you know care about watching a football game. But anyway, uh, after that drive, when that occurred, okay, so Braden Willis is the court is playing the quarterback position as a Wildcat, and him and Farouk and Gray and Major are moving the ball. Right, it is a very effective chunk. Play, chunk, play, chunk, play. Keeping Texas's defense on the field, your offense off the field, and you're thinking to yourself, hey, we might not win this game, but this is a very effective strategy to slow Texas down. At least yeah. and that's all, and that's all within the first drive, Kevin. And 
Braden Willis picks up a fourth and two out of out of the Wildcat. Run because he's a big yeah. guy. Run straight ahead. Kind of reminded me of the old belldozer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Picks up the first down. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Davis Bevel comes back in at quarterback. And I just, it's like you knew what was going to happen. Three plays later, you've got a fourth down. We do run a fake field goal, but then we go three, but then we get, then we turn it over on downs. The offense completely stalled. And it just didn't make any sense to me. And so I'm yelling and screaming. And I tell this guy in front of me, I'm like, okay, maybe I can't yell at the 18 or 19-year-olds, but I can yell at the 40-year-old offensive coordinator that thinks it's the right idea to freaking put Davis Bevel back in the game when you've moved the ball 60 yards. I I just couldn't believe it. Texas didn't stop us in the wildcat. Now, I say all of this with the clear understanding that we were not going to win that ballgame. Okay, let me let me be very clear. Not, nothing yeah, I'm Dylan saying Gabriel is Gabriel was ruled out of the game. That pretty much ended any kind of chance. Well, I thought, and we and well, and we had not got to your offense yet, which was a clinic. I mean, just a machine. Uh, and so I, we were never going to match you score for score. But the forty nine zero score that you see at the bottom of this YouTube page, or that you saw on television or that it's emblazoned in your eyes, or that Texas fans can remind you on Twitter for the next 364 days. We could have avoided that, Kevin. We could have avoid, avoided 49-0. to zero. We could have made it at least a ball game. And yet, it just it blows my mind. I didn't understand what the heck was happening, and we continued to do it. And it continue, I don't know. Back, back real quick. Let's talk about your offense. My observation of your offense was that you did nothing spectacular. You just did all the little things correctly, and it was very efficient. Bijan was Bijan, and Quinn Ewers, well, I'll tell you who else looked really good was Roshan Johnson. He had a great game. He was running he over did. guys. He was, he, yeah. he was, he was attacking Stutzman and Aguebu and running them over. Yeah, and those are big linebackers. They're big, no, strong linebackers. Small line. Those are big, yeah, big dudes too. Yeah, there was dude. He definitely brought a physical presence to the game. There was sure. one in the, there was one in the second quarter that I turned to the to the guy next to me and I said that looked like Bo Jackson roll running over, um, Brian Bosworth for the Seahawks. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he just Roshan Johnson just lit the guy up. I mean that guy had a really good game. But my point is, Kevin, y'all never. Bit off more than you could chew. You never tried to do something that you weren't. And, and it was really frustrating as an Oklahoma fan to go, man, they are literally just beating us on very well executed plays and nothing fancy at all. Yeah, you and I have the same thoughts on that. I mean, they're just handing it off. I mean, this is so demoralizing for a defense, right? When you get into a third and four and they just turn around, just hand the ball to the running back and he just goes straight ahead for six yards. You just kept seeing plays like that, just little short passes. Again, you know, Sark, last year in the game, he pulled out all the stops, right? Crazy misdirection, deep bombs down the field to Xavier Worthy. It was none of that today. And I thought, you know, Venable schemed pretty good to keep Worthy from beating them deep. But, I mean, I think Sark was fine with that. Okay, we'll just hand it off to Bijan, hand it off to Roshan, throw it to Whittington, throw it to Jatavian Sanders. 
no major plays. It almost seemed like they never really had to get out of, you know, second gear offensively. No, no, I agree with that. That's able to go right down the field. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I I couldn't agree more. They 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 really they never they never had to go off script. Uh, you had the one interception, which was just weird. I don't even know what was, was really happening weird. there. I think he said the ball slipped. He was trying to throw it away, and the ball slipped out of his hands. Okay, yeah, he, and that he was, was off his back foot too. That was horrible, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> it was. So that was. It odd. didn't matter. That was odd. Uh, but okay, so I think about y'all's first your um not your first drive, but your second drive. So yeah. you've stopped us on fourth down. You've turned the ball over. No, no, no. Wait, I take that back. It's your second drive. You've stopped us. You've got the punt, and y'all march down and score a touchdown. In the middle of that, though, Ewers throws what looks like is going to be an interception to Woody Washington. Yeah. Do it right and, there. oh, my gosh. Now, again, a work. I don't think OU is winning this game, but just that little bit of momentum swing, the little bit of doubt it could have created Uh, all of these, all this, this, just that little bit is, is kind of a, what if, and Woody Washington having, having to move to free safety, I I thought did a really good job. I think he led the, I thought he was great. Tackles. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And I thought our corners held up against pretty well, Uh, you know, a couple of those passes, Quinn just put it on the money. And yeah, uh, he, he's got some crazy accuracy, but we didn't have the bust that we had against TCU. Um, I, I thought we improved that, but I'll tell you, Kevin, the number one issue for the Oklahoma defense, there's no court. He had all day to throw Quinn Ewers had all day long. And remember we talked about this in some of our preview episodes last week is that we thought Texas was weak in the middle of the offensive line. I thought that, OU would do something to try to exploit that and, if they did, it certainly didn't work because, I mean, there was just no interior pass rush at all. Ethan Downs got a couple of rushes from the edge. And, again, but Quinn was able to slide around those, step up. I mean, I don't know if he got hit at all. Well, I know they were worried about getting deep, getting beat deep by Worthy. But I, you had to take some chances in this game. We took some offensively early. But you've got to take some chances, and they didn't do it. They just didn't do it. There was very few blitzes. They never put any pressure on them. And in addition to y'all being very efficient, I, I think that there were some really big – like not being able to put pressure, allowed, especially the first half. I don't know if you if you got the same feeling that I did. There were a number of really long-developing plays for Texas, like long yes. crossing routes that yeah, Quinn is able to sit back, sit yeah. back, sit back, sit back. Um, he's deadly, man. I mean, he's deadly when you give him time like that with his arm. Dude, it was like a, it was like a seven v seven game for him, man. He never got hit. Yeah. You think about, you think about what Ellinger was running for his life. Even when he was running the ball, at least he was running for his life. You, yeah. you know, there was just nothing. I mean, this is the third game in a row, the third loss, and the third time a quarterback has had the ability to do whatever they wanted to do. And Quinn Ewers. Didn't want to run. I think he had one first down pickup, which was a good one. But other than that, yeah, he just sat back. And, third and long. Yeah, it was a good pickup. But he just sat back and picked us apart and, and and really never never broke a sweat, I didn't think. I thought it was a very easy game. But back to OU's offense, Kevin. Okay, I think they should have stayed in the Wildcat. I think a lot of OU fans think they should have stayed in the Wildcat. Um, again, 
we're not going to win the game, but I think we, I think there were very, very much had some opportunities to score some points. Um, but for the love of God, do we not have a quarterback on our, on our two deep, three deep or four deep that can complete a forward pass? Is this where Oklahoma? That's the biggest question I have, right? I mean, they, between Davis Bevel, and it's not like they inherited those guys, right? Levy brought in Davis Bevel. Levy brought in General Booty, right? He brought in Nick Evers. So to have all those three guys and none of them can throw the ball? What are well, those guys think- thinking, right, on, on the sidelines? If you're General Booty, right, like I came here, I can't get in the game and throw a pass. I know the system is based on timing, but you have a week. You can scheme something up, right? I mean, Marvin Bims, this dude is a great player, and he was a complete non-factor in the whole game. A complete non-factor. Well, the only reason Jarrell Farouk was a factor was because he was in the run game. But there was nobody that was a yeah, factor in the, in the well, passing. The yeah, he had a, yeah, he had a good game. He had a good game. Um, but, Kevin, I mean, if, if, if you think you're going – if you – if you keep insisting on putting the quarterback back under center, okay, fine. It can't work where you're just going to hand it to the one running back that's behind there with nothing else to – I mean, it just – I don't know. Yeah. And if you're going to have him throw the ball, why are we scared to put Booty back there or Evers? Like, yeah. what does Bev, what did Bevel possibly show in practice that, that gives Evers or Booty zero opportunity to see the field and throw the ball? If that's what yeah. we're, if I we never, really if agree. we never saw booty or ever, if we never saw booty or ever's because we were running the wildcat. Oh, okay. Whatever. That's our best opportunity yeah, to win. Sense. But if we insist on having a quarterback stand back there, it, oh my God, I just I didn't get it. He's got to do something. He's got to do something, you know, and it looks like at least over the last couple of games, one thing that's been so frustrating about Texas over the last decade is you feel like you have really good players that are wasting seasons, right? Cause they're not getting the ball. Right. And it feels like, for you, that this is a wasted season for Drake Stoops, and it's becoming a wasted season for Marvin Mims. You got guys like that you know, who you really value. You can't waste seasons like that. So, you know, as a college football fan, as a guy who's pro player, I hate it for those guys personally. Well, and you think about a Marvin Mims who didn't transfer, right? Elected to stay and be loyal and give this coaching staff a, mm-hmm. a shot. It's frustrating. Uh, DG hit him early. You know, those first three games, Marvin Mims yeah. was the best player on the field. Um, it's just what we've got away from is, is I, I don't, I am, listen, I am not one of these fans that's talking about changing coaching staffs. They're out of their, any OU fan that's out there talking about changing coaching staffs is out of their mind. Crazy. But I think we can, as an OU fan, can st- 49 to nothing loss against a three and two Texas team that lost to Texas tech and say, that's, that's not acceptable. I don't care if we don't have a, if we don't have a backup quarterback or not, that's, that's an unacceptable yeah. performance yeah. by an Oklahoma team. I don't think you can ever sit back and go, Oh, well, here's all the excuses. Why 49 to nothing. I mean, come on, Kevin. You know, and it almost looked like besides the, the, the wildcat stuff, I didn't, it didn't even look like OU was trying to win the game. Like there was a game plan that was in place that we can try to win the game with. I've seen Texas over the years, despite how bad they've been the past decade. 2015 game comes to mind. weren't very good, but they came up with a game plan. 
let's try to win the game. If we do this and we do it right, we can try to win the game. It just never felt like they were trying to win the game. I didn't see, like you said, the blitzes, anything to try to confuse Quinn uh, Ewers, or let's just load the box to make sure that Bijan doesn't get loose. That's our best way to try to win the game. It just looked like they were on a base defense for the majority of the game. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You, you, the only thing I can think of, the only answer I have, and, and I'm not a the defensive coach, and I was watching it from the stands, which is really hard. I haven't even watched the replay. I can't watch the replay. But it, you got the sense that he was trying – Venables or Roof, whoever, was trying to, in quotation marks, simplify the defense. And they simplified the defense and kept us from getting burned, kept busts from happening – but never really put any type of pressure on the offense. Like exactly. Any offensive coordinator will take that. Okay, we didn't we can't hit our shots, but if we can run for six yards a carry, who cares? But we don't even need to take those shots. No. Yeah, I don't know what but you can run for six yards and hit every pass across the middle. You were pressure. You were nine point three yards per pass and five point nine yards per rush. So yeah, yeah, why? What? What? I mean, two hundred eighty-nine yards passing, two hundred ninety-six yards rushing, uh, and and I'll tell you, you talked. I mean, you talked about this in the preview that Texas wasn't great at creating holes for Bijan. Well, they got better in a week, or they went up against an Oklahoma defensive line that doesn't know how to run protect because. You guys create – I was in the end zone. I could see it. Y'all were creating holes up and down that offensive line. It was yeah. – it was – and I don't know. It was frustrating. But let me, let me go. I know there's always – real quick, I know there's always a transition, right, when there's a new coaching staff. Texas has dealt with this multiple times in the last decade, right? But, I, you know, with Venables being a defensive guy, right, and I know those players aren't his guys, but I feel like there's enough talent – to where you should at least be competitive defensively, given what this guy has done, Brent Venables, right? I see talent on the field at every level, at every level. But I don't know. It's just completely out of sync right now. And I don't know how they fix it, you know, over the next few games. Well, I don't know. We'll talk about it in the preview game. Kansas is coming to town. Uh, Definitely not an opportunity to – you know, fix it. I don't think, but Jalen Daniels might be out though. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that, but he, yeah, but boy, it looks serious. It didn't look good, but their backup so, quarterback, their backup quarterback performed pretty well. Didn't he? He did. Yeah. I was really surprised. That's a good team. You know, I, I learned something about them because they didn't flinch when, when he went down, they still were in yeah. that game to the end. Um, Another real pivotal moment for Oklahoma, which, just blew my mind was um, it's the, it's nearing the end of the second quarter. We're, we're moving the ball down the field again, mostly in the wildcat and it's 21, nothing. But in the, in the stands, we're thinking with like three minutes left, we're thinking if we score and get the ball back at halftime, we can make it a, two score lead or or it'll be a two score game and then if we could score coming out of the half it would be a one score game if, if that yeah. makes sense right so it's 21 7 
21-7, we can move the ball down, make it 21 21- make it 21-14 on the first drive of the half or whatever, and now it's a ball game. Now Texas has to think about it. Again, whatever. We Who knows? I mean, we went three and out six times in that second half, so maybe it wouldn't matter. But it's 21 to nothing. Texas has yet to stop the Wildcat up the middle, whether that was Braden Willis to Eric Gray or whether it was Braden Willis running it straight up. They did, they did not stop it. And when I say didn't stop it, they were – it was never a tackle for loss. It was always a forward play. In often cases, yeah. it was a five or six yard pickup. What, why are we doing a jump pass there with not even using Braden Willis, using a different guy? What, what are we? Why? Eric Gray. I don't know. I don't know. Tough play. Tough play it was completely blown up. I mean, by the time Eric Gray throws the ball, as soon as the ball leaves his hands, he has his hands on his head because he knows it, it's bad. Yeah. They were just all over it. Yeah. It was a. It was a rough I, I moment, get, man. It just you. It was the uh, most deflating moment of the game for a Sooner fan, I'm sure. I, I guess you could say that they were trying to make something happen. It just seems really odd that you're making that happen with Eric Gray when you've got a Braden Willis who can make a pass, or you've got three minutes left to go in the half. You really don't want to give Texas the ball back, so maybe we just keep running the ball down their throat make them figure out a way to stop us and try to put some points on the board, just running the ball, which I think we would have been able to do. We'll never know, but I think we would have been. Uh, Again, make it respectable. 21-7 at halftime versus 28-0 is a radically different game. It sure is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then Uh, once, I mean, once the turnover, of course, Texas goes down and that pass from Quinn Ewers to Jatavian Sanders was just, I mean, Best throw I've seen all season as far as because the coverage wasn't bad. Linebacker underneath safety over the top, and he just fits it right in between them. In uh, that, that was a pro level pass. That was NFL level pass. He, uh, yeah. he, he, that was, that was definitely his best pass of the game. And, um, yeah, it sucked. It, it sucked for Oklahoma, but it was a good pass for him. Anyway, we get to halftime, and then after that, it was over. Kevin, I haven't left it. I haven't left an OU Texas game. I've gone to, Every game since 2014, um, I went to the 2008 game, the 2006 game, and the 99 game. I've been to all of those games. I have never left early. Even, and some of those were losses, 99, 06, 08. Um, I've never left early for a game. I couldn't do it. I got through the middle of the third quarter, and I just I couldn't do it. I just... I, I was so frustrated with what I was seeing from Oklahoma and so frustrated with how you guys were just going about your business. And Oh, Oh, serious stuff. Are you, is everything okay? Yeah. We did. Okay. All right. Good. But does that make sense? I had to leave. I had to go to the state fair. I had to go outside and get a, listen, man, I wouldn't be able to stay either. No way. No way. Yeah. Uh, this is too much, man. Um, Look, I, I was fortunate that I wasn't at either of the blowout games in the early 2000s, oh, 2000 and 2003. I wasn't at either one of those. So I've never had to to have the decision to leave early. I've been at several losses. I was at 01, 02, 04, which was a shutout, 12-0, when Adrian Peterson ran wild over Texas. But, um, yeah, I've never been in that predicament to have to decide to leave early. But I completely understand you doing so 
Yeah, it was, uh, I, I don't know. So basically, if we look at it, Texas's trajectory has changed. Uh, y'all are are firmly in a position yes. where you can play. You can play for the Big Twelve championship. Um, you do have the toughest games ahead of you. I think Baylor, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Iowa State, TCU. But um, our ours is we we are look we're reeling, and it's just so disconcerting. Because I can't remember the last time you could say an Oklahoma team was reeling, but we are in a position where we're wondering what's going to happen the rest of our season, and and we're getting Kansas next week, who, who is a very good team, not a fluke, and I just don't know how we respond. I don't know how this team responds. If we have Dylan Gabriel, maybe we respond, but um, if we don't, I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what to make of this season. And, it, and it's, it's becoming increasingly frustrating to watch this team play football. Yeah. I think we all realized yesterday how important Dylan Gabriel is to this football team. Right. And a lot of people have been kind of down on him. I think I've been higher than most, the majority of, or at least a lot of OU fans have been on, on Dylan Gabriel. And I think we saw exactly why yesterday, because the offense just looked completely lost and inept. And the, again, the inability to throw a pass, down the field. I mean, it was, it was shocking, right? And he's with these guys, you've got to figure there's one person who can make a throw. Oh, dude. It's, a, I mean, this is Oklahoma. It's just oh, unbelievable. But anyway, I want to congratulate you. I want to congratulate the university of Texas. It was a very nice win, a historic win. Um, and I can't, I already can't wait until next year. Uh, in addition our other two picks, Kevin, you had TCU beating Kansas. I got to tell you, I think I would have had Kansas if their quarterback stayed healthy. He, they were playing really good. They, they were not a fluky team. They, they were, were not a fluky team back against and TCU. Forth, no, not at all. No fluke at all. It was a back and forth game. But, man, um, Quentin Johnston, who we talked about in the o, uh, OU preview against TCU, finally went off. He didn't do much against OU. really didn't. Had to, but I think he had over, what do you have, 200 yards receiving yesterday? Let me tell you, I got it pulled up here. So, what is it? Again, I think he's going to be a first round pick. He had 14 catches, 206 yards receiving with a touchdown against Kansas on the road in Kansas. So, um, and and we've got, do we have have Oklahoma State TCU this week? We Is do. that right? And Fort my gosh, yes, yeah, two unbeaten's. Um, the last two unbeaten's in the Big Twelve, going head to head. Oh, that's going to be fantastic! It, it should be fun. We'll be picking. Yeah, we'll be Oklahoma picking State, that game. They got tested for sure. They for sure. did. That was surprising by, by Texas Tech. So, are you thinking yeah, that you know, after? I wasn't after expecting- after right. after you after Texas beats Oklahoma as bad as they do, and Texas Tech gives Oklahoma State all they want, does that change your mind on how good Texas Tech is? Are they better than you thought they were? Maybe I think they. I think you have to say they are right. I would imagine Oklahoma State appeared to be ready to play. It was back and forth. They were able to make some plays against the Oklahoma State defense. They buckled down late in the fourth quarter. 
I don't know why, because I didn't watch all the game because it started when the Texas game was still on, but um, Donovan Smith wasn't playing. They had another quarterback in, and they seemed to be moving the ball pretty well with, uh, with him in. A guy named Baron Morton, I think the kid's name was. And he looked good out there. So hmm. maybe Texas Tech is better. Well, so maybe that makes that loss better for Texas. So um, I, I still think, I think Oklahoma I State TCU is going to be nuts. Yeah, it's, it's going to be nuts. And, and next week, it's Oklahoma State TCU is just going to be a heck of a game. And then lastly, we had Tennessee LSU, and Tennessee just killed them. And we both had that. Uh, Texas. You were a winner all the way through. You won all three games, Texas, TCU, and Tennessee. That gets you back to 500 for the year. Congratulations. I had OU, Kansas, Tennessee. And so I am still in the uh, the two games under 500, or actually four games, I guess, eight and 12. Eight and 12. So I've got to make a little bit of run, but that's okay. That's all right. We're going to bounce back. Just like this Oklahoma Sooner team, Real quick, we are going to bounce back. Yeah. I know you don't think you learned a lot from Texas because of how bad OU played yesterday. But going forward, what do you think they can do here? Do you think they can make a run, a realistic run at the Big 12 with the way their defense is played overall? Again, they're averaging 20 points allowed per game throughout the entire season. And now that they have their quarterback back, Quinn Ewers, opens up the entire offense. Okay. Let me put your schedule up. Because I am trying not to get too excited because I've seen this story before, right? And a lot of times it ends with me being very disappointed. But when I look at the schedule there, I think there's a slight chance it'll be tough. So you've got to end up in the Big 12 championship game. What do you think? You've got Iowa State next. That's a win. So you'll be on a three-game winning yeah, streak. Yeah, that's a yeah, right. that's a win. Uh, so that's a three three game winning streak. It it really you're going to answer it net. You're going to answer it in two weeks against Oklahoma State. I'm not prepared to say they're playing it's in a Big Twelve championship. I'm not prepared. There's okay. I'm not prepared to say you're playing for a Big Twelve. But I will tell you this: Quinn Ewers makes y'all so much more dynamic, and his numbers don't necessarily indicate that even in this game. But he, I mean, you never got the sense he was going to miss. I mean, I, I guess he had yeah. 10. I guess he had 10 incompletions. It sure didn't feel like that. He, he, was, he was zipping the ball in, great touch, great location, doing the right reads. Um, it was just, he's, it's such a different offense than it is. With, with Hudson Card, it seems laborious. It seems like you're, you're having to make something happen and be you can get in on Bijan. He's got to break 500 tackles just to get five yards or whatever the case may be. Not so with yours. It's more balanced. It's more um, – it, it, it just puts your offense in a much better position. What I what I still don't know – What we do, here's the thing we don't know about Texas, though. More than the offense is we really don't know about this defense. And I, I want to give you credit. You, you had a shutout against Oklahoma, your first shutout since 1965. But you have to agree, Kevin – that was the worst offense you've ever seen in your life, either from an Oklahoma team yeah, or no almost, that. almost any sure. Big 12 team since Kansas from three or four years ago. It was god-awful. So I don't know how good your defense is. Um, they made plays. They made an interception. 
I, I'm not taking anything away from them. I just that to me is your bigger question mark. If they're if your defense shows up against Oklahoma State, then yeah, yeah, you y- can make a run. Uh, we'll know it in two weeks. Is that is that reasonable? I don't think I'm being unfair. Though. Yeah. It, oh, of course, of course, and it's a bit of a gauntlet too coming up though, right? It's yeah. Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Mm-hmm. Then it's at Kansas State. So two straight road games. Okay. And remember, Sark has not. He's only won one true road game. That was last year at against TCU. So at Oklahoma State, at Kansas State, then TCU in Austin, and then at Kansas, and then Baylor in Austin. So the toughest part of the schedule is still ahead. But I do feel like anything is possible. The Big Twelve is going. It's already been crazy, and it's just only. Well, and here's the deal: you look at that. Here, you look at that that stretch of games that you have, and Oklahoma has – well, it's a little bit different because we have we saw West Virginia, I guess. But you look at that, that stretch of games, and Iowa State and Baylor are the least toughest teams on that schedule. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you could still lose to them. You yeah. could still lose to – you could lose to Baylor. You won't lose to Iowa State, but you could lose to Baylor. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's gonna be wild, man. I don't know, man. Oh, you? I, I, yeah, I think it's. Oh, let's look at OU schedule real quick. Let's just, let's just okay. You got Kansas here, Norman, this Saturday. Then you go to Iowa State. Then you have Baylor in Norman at West Virginia. The Bedlam game, which is in Norman this year. And then you go to Lubbock to face Texas Tech. Thanksgiving weekend. Let me ask you this. Does Oklahoma, the question for Texas is, do you play for a big 12? The question for Oklahoma, and this is a legitimate question. Are we bowl eligible? Yeah. You you need three more wins, three more wins. Where do they come from? Yeah. Want to see? I guess the concern is right. If Gabriel comes back, I feel like the offense will be better. Right? He can get the ball to the playmakers. Right. But again, I don't know how this defense improves. Now, playing Iowa State will help because their offense isn't great at all. Same with Baylor. I think the difference with Baylor—they obviously they lost a lot of talent, especially on defense. The defense has still been solid. But the offense—they're not very explosive. I think that's what's held them back in a couple of their losses to BYU can, and to. I think we can beat Iowa State, Baylor, and West Virginia, right? That gets us bowl eligible. Those three games get us bowl eligible. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. All right. Oklahoma's bowl eligible. Looking at that schedule, ours is not the gauntlet that yours is because we've gotten we've already gotten rid of K-State and TCU. So, right. I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's going to be a fascinating run for you guys. And for us, it's humbling and concerning – and we've got to switch – Oklahoma fan has to switch to their mindset to um, building, building towards the future, building towards a, a finished product, building towards a recruiting class that we've got, building towards next year. And that is – that's a shock to the system for OU fan, but unfortunately that's where we're at. Uh, Kevin, again, congratulations on – concerned about the recruiting class real quick. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but – any concern to keeping the recruiting class together? It's a great class you have so well, far. I asked you, you know, the, the negative recruiting stuff. You know how it is. 
I asked you the question before the Texas game, you know, if you lose to Oklahoma, you know, what's that do to Sark? And, 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 and clearly you just flip that narrative on its head. Now for Oklahoma, it's, I, I hope that our recruits believe in our coaching staff. And if they believe in our coaching staff, then I think we're fine. But uh, um, it's going to make it really hard to get those big wins that we want down the line. The Peyton Bowens, uh, those kind of guys down the line. It's going to be really hard to get those wins. Here's what my concern about that for OU is that last year, you look at Texas signed a good recruiting class, right, after going five and seven. So it can be done, right? But the concern I have, the difference is with those games that Texas lost, right, they went on a six-game losing streak starting with the OU game last year. But in all those games, except for one, the Iowa State game, all of them were one-score losses where you could see some good things being done, especially offensively, but on both sides of the ball. Okay, close game, close loss to to, um, OU, to Oklahoma State, to Baylor, to – Kansas as well, but it was still Kansas. We didn't know Kansas was Kansas yet because that's Jalen Daniels' first start, right? Right. But they were all close games, one-score games. So I think you could sell the hope there. My concern for OU is if these blowouts keep happening and there's no – you know, the defense continues to look like it has, those defensive recruits might waver a little bit. So I will say – Listen, I think it's an absolute concern. I think you're right on the money. Uh, blow the uh, at this point, Oklahoma has to be concerned about the psychological difference between a blowout and losing a close game. Losing a close game means we're fighting and we're competing and we're there, and the ball didn't break our ways. Getting beat forty nine to nothing means we didn't even show up, right? So I agree with you completely. The only thing I would think that we're probably selling to recruits right now is. Uh, you're pl- you could play next year, and we're not just saying that. We need you. You would play next year. Um, and I think I have another hopeful- question though on that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. I, I just- no, it's well deserved. It's well deserved, you, man. You guys are. But I yeah. think we got to. Just questions. More more questions and criticisms here, but a lot of the young guys aren't playing. I will figure with what's happening. You would just say, you know what? I'm just going to roll with the young guy. you got talented freshmen on campus. you got talented DBs. Clayton Smith, five-star linebacker who signed last year, is he injured? Because I have, I didn't see him at all. I don't think he was even on a participation report. Was he in the doghouse? I don't know if you know anything about it. I'll do some research. We can find out, and we can talk about it on the next episode. But, like, where, where is he at? There's a five-star linebacker from last year, and I just haven't seen him on the field. I'm so yeah. I'm just curious, you know, are these guys just struggling to pick up the scheme? Well, uh, you know, first of so. all, I mean, think, let's 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 that you first of all, great question. Let's think about a player that we have seen, okay? A young player that we have seen, Jared Canick. I yes. mean, the kid comes on and in and in two and a half quarters leads the team in tackles, makes big play after big, big play. And we haven't seen him since. I haven't yeah, seen him he was since. Covering kicks on Saturday, I saw him covering kicks on Saturday, but not on defense. He, but not on defense, and mm-hmm. and so I don't know. I, I don't know if if there's a philosophy behind that. I don't know if they're trying to stick with experience or you know whatever the I, I Kevin. I wish I could say 
when we lose 49 to nothing, I think everything deserves to be questioned. And I think you are right to question it. I think an OU fan, I think, okay. to question. I really do. I think there's a difference. This is me putting my mind, this is me putting myself in the mind of OU fan. Like if I was an OU fan, this is what I would be wanting to know. Well, and I think you're right, right? I mean, I think that there's a difference between like hating on the team and not supporting the team and not being and being a real fan that really wants to know what the heck's going on. I think it's okay yeah, to ask those questions. questions. Yeah. I think yeah. it's okay to go, okay, I think Brent Venables will get it turned around. I think he's a good hire. I still think he's a good hire. Ted Roof is recruiting his tail off. All of these things are positives on the defensive side of the ball. My question continues to be, why can't we pressure the quarterback? That's not an accusation. It's a question. For three games, we had so much pressure on the quarterback. All we could talk about was Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes, and it was fantastic, and it has been non-existent for three games. Your question, which I think is also a question of a lot of Oklahoma fans, when you've got talented five-star guys, four-star guys, why aren't they seeing the field, especially in opportunities like you could have seen them in Cotton Bowl when you're getting your tail kicked? You could have seen them in uh, TCU. There's a lot of situations. Uh, It's the same. It's literally the same question as the quarterback, though, right? It's the same question as the quarterback. Booty and Evers, I'm sorry, Davis Bevel. You're not any good. Or they're putting you in the worst positions in the world. It's impossible to think that those guys are worse than him. It's impossible. You can't even imagine. You can't even set in a world where you're like, uh, three yards for, or, you know, three completions for 59 yards or whatever the number was. It was just insane. So, yeah, I think it was seven, six completions for 39 yards, I believe. Yeah. Also, is it possible that Venables is maybe struggling with the adjustment from being a defensive coordinator to being a head coach? And maybe he's a little in over his head right now. I'm not saying that that can't be changed. This is a first-time head coach, right? Is that adjustment maybe a little tougher than he might have expected? Well, you have to just say because yes. it's hard to make sense of some of these these questions that we have, right? It doesn't seem like it should be that difficult. I know, like we're not college football coaches, right? But it just well, seems like it, it. So there's two. There's two school. We might get a little deeper than I anticipated we would tonight, but I, I love it because I got I've actually have a, a there's a couple of prevailing thoughts on that right. So there's the prevailing there there's one group of OU fan who thinks that Venables is too engaged on defense, right? Okay. And he's too engaged on defense, and he's missing the larger picture. He's he's. He's missing what's happening on offense. He's missing ma- managing the game plan. That there's he's putting too much trust in the offensive guys, and he's just focused on defense. And he he doesn't know quite yet how to delegate defensive um, tasks to the defensive staff. Okay. And then there's the other side that thinks he needs to do what made him successful which is call the defense, coach the defense, get the defense put in the position they need to be in, and let the offensive team, the offensive staff, do what they're good at. 
right? So there's two different schools of thought, and that's happening right now simultaneously. Simultaneously, you have these two diametrically opposed theories on why we're so bad. And I, I point those both out to say, I don't know which is the right answer. Because, but clearly, clear, and here's here, like, so here's my question, Kevin, is you take K-State. K-State to me is like, now that you're starting to see a, a, a pattern of football with them, okay? Tulane allows 14 points at K-State. Iowa State only let K-State score 10 points. So I have to reiterate, yeah, sure, Iowa State's a great defense. I, I get all of that. But how are those two teams al- uh, forcing K-State into such low point totals and we couldn't hold them under 40? It just doesn't match up. And so no. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. And that's where I have the hard time with it is I don't understand. I don't know. Does he need to spend more time on defense, less time on defense, more time with the whole team? Less, you know, I don't think clearly he hasn't found the sweet spot yet. I think he will. But clearly he hasn't found the sweet spot yet. But here's the thing. When you get beat 49 to nothing to your arch rival, except for special teams, which I thought was pretty good, everything went wrong. Every yeah, single thing went wrong. Spray special teams. And I knew OU had a special teams advantage coming into the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everything, good, yeah everything was bad. Everything went wrong. Offensively, defensively, injuries. But I don't know. It just, it's flabbergasting. And unfortunately, or fortunately for OU fan, we haven't had to answer these questions. We haven't had to think about things like this in a very long right. time. Listen, I'm asking these questions because this, these are the questions that I've had of Texas over the last decade. You know, well, questionable teams, personnel decisions, all that. Kevin, I agree. I I agree that they uh, – offensively, I continue to have issues. I had issues against K, with K-State. I had issues against TCU. They're abandoning the run too early. Um, and then against Texas, if, if we're so outclassed, I, and maybe you can answer this question for me. It, when you're running the Wildcat, wh- why do you keep the quarterback on the field? Why is Davis Bevel yeah, still in the formation? Point. Yeah, I, or yeah, I don't know. Put a receiver on there. You can even fake and throw a quick pass out to him. So Ringo, I, I got to tell you. I, yeah, there's no need I, for it. He didn't need to be in the game. Yeah, this isn't like we're splitting out even a Kyler Murray or a Baker Mayfield who who actually is athletic and could do something it was a it was a wasted position in the field. I half the time I saw that corner almost standing up straight, like he wasn't even gonna yeah. even pretend it. And it's like, <sighs> yeah. And, and also another concern with this modern era of college football, right? You have the transfer portal. You know what you don't want to see as an OU fan is a lot of your talented players, those guys we talked about who are on the roster but not playing, hit the transfer portal. Those are talented football players. Well, I, the, I, I don't envy Brent Venables right now, as happy as I am as a Texas fan for the win. I don't envy Brent I think, Venables I right think, now. I think there's an element, too, that says he has to play those starters uh, in hopes that they don't all transfer. Yeah. Right? Like, he's got to play Billy Bowman. 
He's got to play Woody Washington. He's got to play Jaden Davis. He's got to play uh, those two linebackers, Aguebo. He's got to play Deshaun White because Canick starts playing, and maybe Deshaun White, maybe Deshaun White's transferring. And even though Canick is good, is he as good as Deshaun White? Or would we rather have both? It's it's a different world we're in, um, and I just I I definitely don't know how to adjust it. I don't envy the position he's in. I think he's the right guy for it. But he's got to get some things figured out. And I think that's okay for Oklahoma fan to say things got to get, get figured out. Things have to change. Yeah. We have to, we have, there has to be a more cohesive offensive game plan. And defensively, we've got to get back to being a more aggressive defensive front. When you lose 49 nothing, it's all fair. I'm sorry. Freaking Gary Gibbs had like a 30, he had a great record, except he lost to Texas every year. So he got fired. Like that's just the way it goes. And Gary Gibbs ended up being a really, really good defensive coordinator in the NFL. He was a great coach. But if you don't beat Texas, let alone lose to him 49 to nothing, you're going to get questions. And these are questions that deserve to be answered. And Kevin, everything you're saying is a legitimate question that's going to be asked. And I'm curious to see how he answers. But hey, we're at 48 minutes. Um, Texas, historic win. Congratulations. Oklahoma work to do. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll get back at it. I know Texas is excited for next week against Iowa state, which should be a nice win. Oklahoma getting Kansas. We'll talk about that in our preview show Wednesday or Thursday. And I can't wait to talk to y'all later. Kevin, congrats on the win. Boomer. Thank you, sir. Took him.